right. What's your favorite thing about camping? Me? Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite thing about camping is like roasting the marshmallows. Yeah. What about you? What's your favorite thing about camping? Um, uh, having a fire. Having a fire. What about you? <laughs> Me? Yeah. I li- I like to I like to um I just like to enjoy the fire and and just relax. Yeah. What's your favorite thing about going on hikes? My favorite thing about going on hikes is taking pictures of new nature and exploring new sounds and 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 just being with my family a, b- a bunch. That's good. What about you? What do you like about going hiking? Um, just walking. Just walking. That's fun. What about you? Um, I like. Wait, what about hiking? Yeah. Oh. What do you like about hiking? I like to like. I like walking and stopping to get snacks. <laughs> yeah. everybody welcome back to the trail connection podcast this week this episode i wanted to focus on family and i thought no better than to bring my dad on so i've got tom garland with me today and uh, welcome thank you for having me i've been looking forward to it yeah so i've had a, i've had a desire to bring my dad on the show for a while now um that's kind of always been in the plan later on in the schedule but uh since the schedule's kind of come to a screeching halt here with uh with the pandemic we have going on around the world I figured this is a, a good episode to focus in on family, bring him in on as a guest, and uh, talk a little bit about what's most important. So I want to uh, start off just kind of talking about how this, uh, how this thing's affected you. So, Well, it's obviously different. Um, it's, uh, everything's a lot faster paced. Things have slowed down considerably for everybody. It seems like uh, everything now is... Uh, it's just more intense. Every every little move, every little decision that you make, it seems to be um, have a sense of urgency to it. Because I guess uh, we have a tendency to feel like we don't know what's around the corner, what's mm-hmm. going to happen next. So we feel like every move that we make, it needs to count for something. And uh, and then too, you figure how much time do I have to accomplish this task? Do I have the time? Do I have the materials? So um, it, it definitely is. Uh, messed with your psyche a little bit, but uh, you've got to come back to, to ground zero and, and try to remember what's important in life. And and uh, so that's kind of what we're trying to focus on now. Take one day at a time. That's all we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I, I was telling you earlier, I don't, uh, I haven't really seen too much of a difference in my normal life other than just stores hours different and you know or closing down completely you know the whole social distancing thing is a uh, has been a bit of a challenge I've, i'm blessed to have a job that is deemed as essential and uh mm-hmm. so i definitely feel that uh the the weight of that uh on my shoulders because um it doesn't feel like i'm a central piece of the economy but i mean when i'm there on site with my crew or skeleton crew running this place you know, there's a lot of pressure to, 
keep it running and run it well. So all these people that are at home, forced to be home, have mm-hmm. a job to come back to. And so there's a lot of uh, a lot of weight to that. But aside from that, um, you know, things are a little bit more lonely around the around the workplace, <laughs> and uh, kind of feels like we're driving around town after a Thanos snap from Avengers with uh, <laughs> half the population missing. But uh, aside from of all the the away from home aspects of it, life at home really hasn't changed much for us. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's been some real good benefits to it psychologically, I think, for me. Um, to focus more on the time I'm home, it's not any different because it's still the same schedule, but just the quality of time. And then the things that I'm doing with my kids when I'm there or with my wife is more focused on, uh, you know, spending quality time and, and mm-hmm. making, a, making it count. And and then part of that is not necessarily because of, you know, for fear of catching this virus and something happening. It's more so just they're stuck at home while I'm at work. They, even if they wanted to leave, they couldn't. And yeah. so they're used to being home because we, we homeschool our kids already. So that's not a change. Um, can't go worship right now, but that's uh, that's a little bit different different thing. But um, aside from all that, I mean, it's pretty much business as usual around there. So we've just focused more on doing some fun stuff around the house. So it got me thinking about kind of where where we're at right now and some things that I've been trying to do to like, you know, get creative with the types of stuff that we do with them to make it a, a memorable experience and, and not a negative memorable experience to where mm-hmm. they're miserable. So that got me thinking about this episode and, and talking with you about stuff we did growing up and kind of some thought process that went behind that if there was any or if it was just spontaneous you know to to plan fun outings or fun things at the house to like really uh you know make those memories lasting or build strong relationships between me and my siblings so um I know that's kind of a long way to set up the question but like is there anything specific off the top of your head that you can remember that you and mom did um to like look for those opportunities or well i think probably it'd be better to to kind of go back a little bit further if you don't mind me doing so maybe back uh spend a little bit of time on how i grew up okay yeah uh obviously in the the, i I was born in 51 so my teenage years eight nine ten teenage years was pretty interesting growing up in a historic town uh uh, all the monuments and the uh, historic mon- uh, uh, battlefields and things like that in Virginia, Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, I, I didn't realize it, but we were poor. We, I didn't know we were. Uh, but uh, there were times, you know, I asked for things and couldn't get them because it was financially uh, prohibitive. But I didn't really understand all that at the time. But it was, a, it was an interesting time because... I could I could walk go anywhere I wanted to go. Matter of fact, when I was in first grade, I walked probably a mile and a half down. I was in the in the in, lived in town, but the school was in town, so I walked to school and uh, played on the monuments and things like that. And then as I grew up um, in teenage years, we lived in the same neighborhood as uh, uncles and aunts and a lot of cousins. So we played baseball in the in the, the backyard and we rode bikes and just about did, went anywhere we wanted to go. Uh, parents were concerned. We had rules. Uh, we had, you know, for as long as we did what we were told to do, they'd give us enough rope and we could hang ourselves if we wanted to. But as long as we did what they asked us to do, we had a lot of freedom. 
And uh, so it was a fun time. Uh, not too many worries. Of course, uh, as a child, you don't really appreciate the worries that your parents have. So for them, it was different than it was for the you know me as a child because yeah. I didn't understand uh, the stresses of trying to make a living and keeping a roof over your head and food on the table. So, but uh, I was the baby, mm-hmm. so all of my siblings were ten years older and greater. So I was basically the baby at home. So uh, I guess pretty much it was different than when I got married and Jenny and I started having children. And uh, you know, to kind of set the stage for for how you were raised, we. Um, I had, I had seen some things coming up as a child, not knowing how children should be raised, what was an ideal childhood, but I saw some things and witnessed some things that I, I thought to myself I did not want to do or be a part of when I had children. Yeah. And so uh, when Jenny and I were married, uh, obviously had a spiritual uh, ba- background and a, and a, uh, a foundation, and uh, We'd, and I'd had some some uh, difficulties in my life. I'd made some mistakes, and I, I felt at that time in my life that that uh, God had given me a second chance. And I felt like when I started to have children, I wanted to make it count. Mm-hmm. And I I looked at at children as a, a piece of clay that I had the responsibility to mold. Mm-hmm. And so I just we were just very conscientious about uh, raising you all. Uh, with a good foundation morally and trying to, to make you, bring you up to be good citizens. Uh, someone that uh, uh, a, a young lady's dad would want you, you know, for a husband and vice versa. A woman would want for a, hu- uh, I mean, a, uh, the sons would want for daughters. And so uh, we, that was our foundation. That's what we did. But but in ma- as far as us making time, I think what we started out doing is uh, trying to look at life through your eyes, the children's eyes. Mm-hmm. What made you, your eyes light up? What excited you was the kinds of things that we wanted to uh, to help you to experience. And some of it was creative. We didn't have a lot of money either. But uh, we used what we had, uh, where we lived, and the places that we could go, uh, the beaches or to the mountains, uh, camping in the backyard, things of that nature. And then when you got uh, a little bit older where, you know, you didn't have to be ha- your hand held all the time, we, right. we did some different things. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know if that sets the stage for yeah. another question, yeah. but no, I mean, that kind of gets us up to— It definitely jogs memory a little bit. I mean, there's definitely things that I remember growing up that were a lot of fun. And, and I, when I was trying to figure out kind of how I wanted this this episode to flow, I was trying to think of some different— questions and it's uh, the questions i was coming up with were things i had answers for and Mm -hmm. so i figured i'd just um share some of the things that i remember and then find out if you remember it and if it was intentional or if that's just a (laughs) cool byproduct of you know something fun we were doing so um i mean i was telling mom a little bit ago like i remember growing up probably the earliest memory i have of the mountains was um i think we're at grandfather mountain um, I just remember it being kind of hazy uh, up there in the Smokies and um, doing some hiking. But I think, honestly, I think that's from watching some home videos that we had. I haven't seen them in many years, but I don't know if that's a real memory or if that's just like the video memory of uh, of that trip. But the the I do remember vividly going to 
uh, you know, Franklin around Connie Ashley's place up to that cabin, just walking up and down the mountainside, seeing fireflies for the first time, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. I remember going to, uh, some creeks, um, and doing some wading in there with the, with the rocks and everything. And just the evening time whenever the fireflies were, were up. That was, that's a pretty stark memory in, in my mind when I was young. And then, um, you know, I think the first hike that I remember, um, I think was at Smoky Mountain National Park, but I'm not positive. It was, I just remember there being, um, we, we went probably, it's probably a mile. Uh, it seemed like forever when I was little, but it, it, I think we were hiking up to a waterfall or a creekside or something like that. And, but I know we were in North Carolina, but that's like the that's earliest. That's the one we never found? No, no, I don't think, that one I don't think uh, I was very big for. Because mom was asking me about yeah, that. Yeah, I think I, you were being carried on that trip. I don't remember that. I don't have as good of a memory as Josh. I don't remember stuff when I was a year and a half, two years <laughs> yeah. old. But uh, I, I think do. some of his comes from the <laughs> us rewinding and replaying ourselves, yeah. you know, the videos. Yeah. But um, I, I just know that, like, very early on, I, I fell in love with the mountains because of just remembering those those trails and waterfalls and rocks and totally different terrain than what I was growing up in. And so I think that's probably why it stuck with me so much was just because it was such a stark contrast between like everyday mm -hmm. life, you know, seeing sand and palmettos everywhere. So, um, I think probably some of that was spawned by the fact that I was always an adventurer mm -hmm. when I was, uh, uh, old enough to get a driver's license. What I did for recreation was fill the car up with gas and drive as far as I could drive in half a day and then turn around and come back so I could be home by dark. Yeah. But uh, exploring and being in Virginia, not very far from the Blue Ridge Mountains. So a lot of those trips were up into the mountains. And, and so I fell in love with it at a very young age. And I think I just wanted uh, you guys to, to experience that same thing. And so a lot of our trips were up there. Was it mostly driving, like driving mountain roads to vistas? Yeah, or? yeah mostly driving to a vista, maybe maybe hiking a trail. Um, but it was just the countryside was so beautiful. Yeah. I just always had a great uh, appreciation for, for beautiful grass and sunsets and mm -hmm. trees and, and streams. I just always appreciated it. So, yeah. So I've, I've shared before, either on an Instagram poster or in an earlier episode, I don't remember, but a um, lot of lot of fond memories and vivid memories of camping out in the backyard. I mean, right now we're filming the first episode in, in the studio. Um, I guess it's I'm, I'm going to count it as the first one. I think I did one up here uh, a couple back, but it wasn't quite set up all yet. But this is the first, like, sit-down um you know, episode that got a lot of the decor up and um, got some some good sentimental things that are hanging around in here. But um, you know, this this is set up in my dad's place at his house and in his in his barn. Um, I've been able to use this space for many years now for a side business that I had going on. It was my full time business at one point, um, but uh, just right out there, you know camped out between those three trees you know with some some fire pits and stuff like that um that's pretty pretty fond memory and uh it's you know inspired me to do the same thing with my kids you know in our backyard so yeah the beauty of living where we live is that uh you know if you turn out the lights with the trees that we have in our yard you almost feel like you're in the woods yeah so Except we would always that's going on across yeah. the street right now <laughs> you might you might hear in the video or the, the audio 
I remember uh, a lot of our parties, we'd go to the the uh, horse stables or the uh, the feed uh, shops, you know, the, mm-hmm. the feed farm, farm and feed places and uh, rent bales of hay. Yeah. And we'd stack up bales of hay and build a campfire and put them all around. Many times we'd sleep out on blankets on top of the, the bales of hay uh, within the feel of the heat of the fire and just a lot of fun times. Yeah. A lot of fun times. Yeah, whenever uh, Kale, Kale Andrews and Matt were on the episode, we were talking about hammocks and tents. He, he made a comment about uh, you know sleeping right on the ground, and I when he told me that, like my mind immediately went back to one time that we did that, what you're talking about, and I was I decided I was going to sleep out right by the fire, laid right on the ground with the sleeping bag, woke up soaking wet on the bottom from the dew and covered with dew on the top. It was. It was miserable, yeah. and my back hurt really bad because I was just on the ground. I didn't have a sleeping pad or anything. So, but yeah, I mean that kind of stuff is just fun because it's, I mean, it's just right in your backyard, you know. And for me, I never had like the whole afraid of the dark thing when it came to camping outside. Like I, I knew that it, I was safe, but um, you know, when Emily and I went camping a few months ago back there at the at our spot. Um, as soon as the as soon as the lights went down, you know, when the the forest started coming alive and there wasn't any light out there, she got real freaked out real quick. And I can understand that. I can understand why people are really hesitant to to go out and venture out camping. So the best way to start, and you know, something that I want to try to get really ingrained in my kids is just getting getting used to doing it in the backyard because that builds your comfort, that builds your confidence, and then you can kind of go out and mm-hmm. and do some some fun stuff. So. Uh, that brings to to mind uh, one of the camping trips we went to up to a, a campground not too far from here, and I remember we had our camp our uh, tent pitched out in the middle of these uh, open campsites, and it happened to be a site where they had bathrooms and all that, and they had the mercury vapor lights. So after dark, the place was still pretty much lit up. So if you had to get up and go to the bathroom, you could see. And I just remember we were all snuggled in in the tent sleeping on the ground in sleeping bags and uh all of a sudden we hear all this rustling and and uh, i immediately wake up you know being the dad i feel like i got to be protective of whatever might be uh, out there and the next thing i see are these huge shadows coming across the tent Mm -hmm. and they look like bears and i'm thinking to myself i didn't know there were bears in this campground and uh, so I eased up and opened the tent. And when I looked out, it was just uh, raccoons. Yeah. And because of the angle of the light, it magnified their shadows to where they were much bigger. Yeah. And everybody was freaking out. And But anyway, it was just, just fun you know, stuff. You know they're a species of bear, right? They're called trash pandas. <laughs> <laughs> trash pandas. <laughs> it's funny. There's a, a friend of mine that lives up in Alabama that um, – they, I don't remember what the sport is, but there's a sports team that they just brought to, I think it's in Athens, and the, one of the local radio stations up there did a one of those online polls where, like, you can name the team or whatever, and uh, one of the entries was Trash Pandas, and that won the vote. So that's the legit name of the sports team up there is the Trash Pandas, Athens Trash Pandas. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway. Oh, boy. So I do, I want to bring up fishing because um, – Anybody who, who knows me or knows my family and knows my brother, I mean, the guy's a all-star fisherman. And that's something that didn't really come from you, right? I mean, you, you introduced him to fishing, but, like, most of his skill he kind of 
God on his own. I, I want to talk about that because I've got some, I know I have some, some people who listen to the show that are in that kind of that predicament. And I am too with, with sports and things like that. There's things that I want my kids to get into, but I don't necessarily have the confidence to like, you know, take them the whole way. But mm-hmm. like, um, so how did you go about getting Josh in efficient or getting me in efficient without really having a whole lot of experience other than just throwing a, a lure in? Well, I think he had an initial interest. And when he was old enough to go to work with me, I just made sure that whenever I went to a job site that had a pond or near a, a lake or something like that, I wanted us to be able to do something together that we could bond with. I didn't know how to fish. I never did it that much when I was young. Didn't do much hunting either. But I was just very conscious that I wanted to to bond with him with something. And so basically, well, all I did was put him in an environment where he could do it. And there were many times where if it were on a job site, he would I'd be on a scaffold and he would cut and break everything I need so that I could be on the scaffold for like 30 minutes and he'd have nothing to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I would allow him to go as long as I could see him. I could allow him to go down to the, the creek and, and fish or the mm-hmm. pond or lake, wherever it was. And when I needed him, I'd call him and he'd quit and come back and do some more work. And so basically, I just put him where he could fish, and I think he just fell in love with it, and he just took it from there. Gotcha. And so it really wasn't um, it wasn't anything that I taught him, but uh, in the it circles back is that when he mastered it or got to the point where he really enjoyed it, knew what he was doing, he would invite me to take mm-hmm. me. So yeah, that was the that was the fringe benefit. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet work setup. Yeah. Well, know, you know, he was bosses that let you go fishing on the clock. I was easy. <laughs> you know, he was the firstborn and you were the baby. But, you know, yeah. you have memories of us all working together. So yeah. no, I try yeah. to treat you all the same. Yeah. Those are those are some fond memories, too. A lot of that. A lot of I think the, the closeness that me and the siblings have. I mean, I'm the youngest of four. And I think uh, there's five years between me and Jesse and um, eight, eight, seven between me and Josh. So, and me and Josh shared a room for some pretty informative years of, <laughs> of his lifetime. But, oh, yeah, uh, I'd like to forget some of those those memories. So. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think that a lot of that was just the, the closeness of the, um, you know, the living quarters was kind of close. But, I mean, just the, the things like that, you know, opportunities where we got to work together, we traveled together, did fun things together. So, Well, you know, Jenny and I really didn't have – a plan when we started having a family we just uh, we just we just started and you know i guess uh, just the course of things three of you were born boom 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 you know one year 18 months apart and then we felt like well maybe we better take a break and then you came along you know four or five years later but and that was a blessing because i had two boys two bo- two girls and i felt like that evened out but it posed a problem because the three of them were real close yeah and considerably older than you, a few years older. So you were the baby, and there were times when uh, you were the aggravation. And uh, I remember us having a talk. I, I remember telling you, I said, you know, if you want to be included in in what they do and don't want to be uh, left out, then you're going to have to grow up. Yeah. You've got to start acting older. Yeah. And uh, But anyway, that was big. That was big for us is uh, family time. Uh, like I said, we, we – we felt that was important. We spent a lot of time around the table talking after meals. Mm-hmm. Um, we tried to instill in each of you to appreciate each other. You weren't equal. 
you aren't the same. You had different talents and different uh, abilities, but uh, we never allowed you to to uh, belittle one another. Mm-hmm. We would always build each other up mm-hmm. in what you were doing, and therefore, uh, you we built confidence in you and. You guys would entertain us a lot. Josh was into singing and the girls too, uh, at an earlier age and they'd put on concerts and stuff for us. And so, uh, I think that was, that was big for us. But what we remember the most was the times around the table. Mm-hmm. We just was very, we were very interested in, in what you guys were doing, what you thought about things, what was important to you. And, uh, we just, uh, we just carried on conversations and then we included everybody in. Yeah. And so I think that built uh, that built self confidence, yeah, and self esteem, and oh, in each of you, definitely. And that, and that kind of like brings me to the point I want to really make with this episode is just the importance of of that and this time that we have right now. It's kind of a forced isolation, um, but it's you know for the most part is it's forced with people that you chose to live with and that you created. So mm-hmm. I mean. Hopefully you like them, but um, <laughs> if not, I mean, I'm sure some people are ready to get a little bit break, but from from some of their family members. But I mean, I remember that too. I remember it was really special having those times around the the table and just laughing for hours, you know, and playing games and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I just I see a lot of stuff on on the internet right now. Of you know, everybody's kind of in jest. They're just you know, making jokes about you know. You know, it's day one, and I'm oh, I can't wait for teachers to go you know, get our kids back, or you know, like um, teachers should make you know a million dollars a year, and this is only three, I'm three hours in, whatever that kind of stuff. I mean, it's it's funny for people that aren't used to it and and all that, but I mean, like it kind of hurts my 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 heart whenever I see things like that because you know some some of that's legit. Some of those people are really they're they're ready for a break from their kids and. um you know, it just, it's heartbreaking because like, this is, it's unprecedented. This it's a situation that is uncomfortable. A lot of people are worried about finances and the country and, 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 you know, things that are very uncertain. And, um, you know, for, for us, you know, this is a time that's like, like I said, it's not really different than what we're used to. It's more so just focusing in on, the things that are most important and like making that time count. And so I just want to encourage anybody who is listening that, uh, you know, may be stressed or maybe like ready for this to be over. So life can go back to normal. Like just take advantage of this time that we have to, you don't have 50 sports games to watch to tune into. You don't have like brand new movies coming out that you're, you're more focused on or, you know, um, you don't have all these extra distractions that we have that are just in your face all the time and just sucking up your attention. And then too, like the big one, I know that's a touchy subject because some folks are not in the predicament I am or in the the situation I'm in. They're more of a predicament with trying to figure out where their next paycheck's coming from or Mm -hmm. where money's coming from. And, um, so I'm sensitive to that, but like, you know, take this opportunity to just turn off work if it's not there to be distracted or, you know, use this time when you have some availability, you know, in between video chats and conference calls and stuff like that to sit there next to your kids and, and get involved in their, what they're learning, you know, and, and be the one who's teaching it to them. Like that's, that's something that's really 
been awesome, you know, for Emily and I to do with our kids. And that's a choice we've made, you know, it's something that we definitely, excuse me, definitely want to do, but like, there's a lot of benefits to that when, when your child is receiving that information from you. And it's like, you can, you can use whatever example is relevant to you to make it stick and like that type of thing. And like this, this particular point in time can be, like I said earlier, can either be reflected as like this, that was the worst, however long this lasts point of my life, or that could be some of the best months or weeks or whatever it ends up being because of how close we got or how important those memories were. And so, um, I, I, that's like the main point that I wanted to make today is just like, if you can't get outside because closures or, you know, different things are not available for you to do. Um, I know not everybody's as lucky to have property right behind you that is uninhibited that like I can hop the fence and go for a hike today if I wanted to, but, um, not everybody has that because, you know, they rely on parks and public places and things like that. But, um, if you can't get outside, you know, to, to get away from it all, then just, uh, focus on making some special memories at home and, and make that mm -hmm. time count and use that as your getaway as a, that type of thing. Definitely. I hadn't, I don't, hadn't written the book on how to raise children. And I, I just know that Every family's different. Uh, personalities are different. I just feel blessed um, to have the the partner in life that I do, and uh, and uh, sharing our goals and our uh, our faith. But um, I recognize that people are different. Circumstances are different. But I would just encourage people to connect with their children because you brought them into the world. They're a part of you. They want your love and attention. And it's not really about um, where you live and the amenities that you have. We're blessed. We've been blessed. You guys were, were raised in a, a very nice neighborhood. Not everybody has that. But I think that, that what's important is taking advantage of what opportunities that you do have. Yeah. And uh, it's just, you know, different children are going to have different memories based on the part of the country they were raised in, uh, city life, country life. Uh, they're all going to have memories and even the tough times are going to be memories. And I think, um, you know, there are probably some differing views about how much you let your children know about uh, the challenges that you're having as adults with your finances and things like that. Some of us uh, have a tendency to want to protect them from that. I think to a certain degree, uh, we need to share those things as much as they're able to comprehend mm -hmm. And teach them that uh, life has disappointments, and you can't always do what you want to do. Yeah. And and uh, and I think when they recognize that uh, life is not uh, just fun and games, and it, there's a serious side to it, mm. that it helps to develop them. But uh, I would just I would just rec highly recommend that you listen to your children when they're trying to talk. I remember one specific time when I was working on the front door of my house. I was working on the door lock and. I was intent on it and Josh was wanting my attention and I was, I was acknowledging that I needed to give him my attention, but I was needed to get that handle fixed. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to listen to him with one ear and look at him with one eye and keep one eye in, on what I was doing. Right. And he recognized that and he yanked on my leg and he says, daddy, look at me. Mm -hmm. 
And that taught me a lesson yeah. that he wanted my undivided attention and he knew when I wasn't given to him. Yeah. And there's a time for that. Yeah. I've unfortunately had that happen with all three of my kids, the <laughs> older ones. I'm sure it will happen again with the fourth one too at some point. Hopefully not. But it, yeah, I mean, it's, it's takes the wind out of your sails when that happens. Cause it's like, wow. Like <laughs> yeah. I do, I do need to look at them. And most what's even more painful is like that. That's like a task that needs to get done. This is just me looking at my phone. You know, right. that's, so that's right. kind of a little bit of a sobering thought too. So anyway, well, there again is the times, you know, the time I raised you was yeah. different. The technology didn't exist. Right. So I, I appreciate the challenge yeah. that families have today. Yeah. But if you recognize what the challenges are, you can, that's half the solution. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that kind of the main thing um, that I've gained from this whole experience is just really, really relishing in the fact that. I'm blessed and that like, even if I, even if I was in a different situation with my employment and things were a little bit more grim, I think that it, I, I don't even want to go down that route because I don't, I can't say for sure because, you know, I have been in that, in that position before where there's not much in the bank and I don't know where it's coming from and it's scary and it's stressful and all that. But I do know that, uh, like with the kids, we've we've told them kind of what is going on i mean they understand we can't be around people for fear of spread, spreading sickness and all that kind of stuff so they get that but it doesn't change that like they're still super young and they don't really still don't understand it they know that like we don't want to get sick but they don't understand they're like well it's been a long time why can't we go see our friends or whatever and things like mm-hmm. that so it's i mean we we've had a lot of time at home where we've we've had to figure out something to entertain them or you know just get them out of the house because they get stir crazy and stuff like that they play outside a lot but as far as like going out of our way to you know make sure that they're entertained 24 7 and all that like that that's just not appropriate i mean i think that that's setting them up for failure too so it's just been a it's been a weird balance like trying to figure out you know is this is this something that's going to scar them or is this something that's going to mm-hmm. build them up to where they'll be more resilient to things later on in life? And so that's kind of the challenge that, that Emily and I have been working through is just trying to make sure that, uh, you know, we don't, we don't mess them up through all this, but I mean, they're having a blast. We did. So some of the things that I, I did want to share just to give some ideas if people are struggling with things to do, um, you know, we don't have a pool at the house, so I went and I bought a uh, a real big tarp, and I threw it in the back of my pickup truck and filled it up with water. And boom, <laughs> we have a pool, and uh, so that lasted for a little bit. I'm a pretty cool. big redneck, but uh, yeah. it, that lasts for a couple. We hours. say that respectively. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but we've done that before too, even when they were younger. Um, but you know, this was something they're older; they didn't remember that. But I, I. Um, I was like, I was at Walmart and actually trying to find an inflatable pool, which for some reason, this is like, like, that's like going like toilet paper. People yeah. are trying to buy up pools like toilet paper. And uh, so I haven't been able to find one. I finally bought one on, online, but it's taken a lot longer to get here. But anyway, so I just got a tarp and I threw it in the back of my truck. And so they thought that was cool. And then when I was ready to let the water out, I just let the tailgate down. And then they thought that was cool because uh-huh. it was a huge waterfall and, They'll remember those things. They'll they'll tell you about that when they're 
when yeah. you're a teenager. And that was a, that was a two for one because the next day I said I just laid it out in the yard and then put soap all over it and wet it yeah. down for a slip and slide and boom you got a slip and slide. So yeah, those are those are a couple things that we've done that you know they've talked a lot about um, the simple things, spontaneous things. Yeah. Uh, scavenger hunts. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do that indoors as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, things like that. And there was one thing that we tried to focus on too was uh, teachable moments. You know, uh, even when you play games or whatever, is uh, if if there's if there's a teachable moment, in other words, it could be educational. If you if they uh, are excited about something and you see, okay, well, they're interested in that bug. Well, if you know a little something about that bug, you just tell them about it. Yeah. And so all of that just is just built in. I mean, it's just you just have to think outside the box. Just be creative. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's been some of the coolest parts of really kind of focusing in on like their development and where they're at with this whole thing. Cause I like with this whole project and with my hobby that I've gotten into in the last couple of years, like I don't, I don't want to force anything on them, but it's worked out really well so far. It's kind of cool that they are kind of naturally interested in it. Not all of them. There's, there's one or two that give me a hard time every now and then when I, we all want to go for a hike and one or two of them don't, but you know, I think that eventually they'll get over that. When we can take long trips and do cool backpacking trips and stuff like that, especially the boys, like I think that they'll really cherish that a lot and, and think that's cool. But, you know, I don't I don't want to force anything on them. So, you know, when I was asking them earlier, um, kind of what are some of your favorite things about um, or what's your favorite thing to do outside, you know, if their answers weren't camping or fishing or hiking or whatever, like that's cool. It's not. It's not the end of the world, you know, it's, it's just right now or that, that moment, that's just not what they're thinking about. I mean, one of, one of my kids, I asked what, uh, what I think I'm trying to remember what it was. It was like, what's the first thing you want to do after you, uh, after we, everything kind of just go back, goes back to normal. He's like, I just want to go to Grammy's house. I was <laughs> like, you did that today, buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's just the last thing that he remembered. So it's like, that's the first thing he wants to do, you know, whenever things all done with. So anyway. Well, when you take them on a hike, you got to remember too that uh, when you tell them it's just a mile for you, mm-hmm. it's three miles for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The last so, one that we went on was uh, we went a half mile out and a half mile back. And whoever follows me on Instagram saw that video of my youngest, like just dragging tail. <laughs> like that was the worst thing ever. Um, he was pretty, uh, he was done. He was done pretty early in that. So, you know, those types of things, just trying to figure out when, when to push, when not to push, when to put them on your shoulders and just take it. Don't take it personally. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. So anyway, well, um, I, I'm not sure exactly how long we've been talking, but, uh, that was pretty much the main thing I wanted to cover today. And, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to talk and yeah. getting happy some, to, getting some to spend the time with you. So, um, we don't do enough of this either. No, no, we don't. Um, and, and too, like this is a opportunity to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. life's pretty crazy most of the times, but now with everything being shut down, it do this, get with your family, get with your, your loved ones and, and take the time to just chat and reminisce and rekindle some friendships or relationships that you haven't really uh, had recently because of distraction or, or things like that. It's like, it's really good. So um, as usual, I need to encourage everybody who's tuning in to uh, 
check out the YouTube channel if you're listening and uh, and subscribe and uh, check out the other episodes that we've got up. This is kind of an unprecedented one um, because of having to be indoors and, and all that. I mean, we're going to do some more things in the studio and this this will be utilized a lot more. But, you know, typically this podcast is is done and excursions out and and we do something fun and then we come back and we talk about it but um i'm adapting i'm trying to keep it going without um you know without having to lose any any steam or or uh, any kind of momentum so um i appreciate everybody taking the time to to tune in you know be sure to follow me on instagram follow me on uh, facebook youtube or any any of your favorite podcast apps and support the show how you can. Uh, I appreciate everybody who does take the time to do so. It's uh, it's been really fun to get this thing going and see how it's developing. And um, hearing from you guys too. Um, you got any comments, questions, or feedback? You know, send it to me. Uh, I'd love to hear it. Love to hear from you guys. And thanks again for uh, for checking it out. Um, so we're uh, we're gonna be changing up the schedule a little bit. I had some big plans for the next few months. Um, don't know how long this pandemic's going to last and what availability is going to be, but uh, looking into doing some some uh, virtual connections with some other guests and trying to, to connect with some people that wanted to do some in, in-person stuff with. It's just not going to work out right now, but we'll see. I'll, uh, I'll keep you posted on what's coming up. But uh, hope everybody out there is uh, doing well, staying safe and staying well. And uh, until next time, I'm Tim Garland, and this is The Trail Connection. Okay, what's your favorite thing about the Trail Connection? My favorite thing about the Trail Connection is that it's my daddy talking. Yeah? What about you? What's your favorite thing about the Trail Connection? Um, just talking. Do you know what the Trail Connection is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>